Welcome to Bowling Springs Baptist Church, where we learn and grow together in Christ. We now join the church in worship. Please get out and invite your neighborhood. We'll have a time uh, on June the 14th where we'll be going out in the community sharing about Vacation Bible School. So um, we want get, to get as many people involved and hear uh, about that as we possibly can. At the bottom is also a note, a bottom on the back of your bulletin is a note about Father's Day carnation. So please get those in. Deadline for those is June the 14th. All right, at this time, I'm going to recognize Tommy Hackett, chairman of our personnel committee. At our men's Bible study this morning, there were 14 there. I ask each one of them, what do you remember about Jim Richardson? And Jim, they did not roast you. Nope. I'm just going to read what they had to say. A tireless worker, inspirational, trusting, genuine, humble, down-to-earth, passionate, a friend, compassionate, a pastor, a caring person, a loving person, a positive attitude, a strong leader, and a faithful Christian. Tonight, of course, we will honor he and Carol at an ice cream get-together. And please come for two reasons. One, to say goodbye to them. But number two, we've got 11 or 12 freezers of ice cream coming, and we need some help to eat that much. And Carol, I appreciate what you put in the bulletin about thanking the congregation for the gift of two weeks' extra pay that was mentioned last Sunday. You and Jim have always also showered us with grace. And Jim... To honor that commitment, I have something to give you. And I, and I think this congregation would love to say thank you. first song we're doing this morning you'll need a bulletin as the words are printed in there on you stay is actually the latin for the lamb of god and we're going to be singing about that as we sing alleluia the lamb of god let's stand as we sing please God Almighty, rest. 
Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. You are holy. Holy. Are you Lord God Almighty? Worthy is the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. For you are holy, holy, are you Lord God Almighty, worthy is the Lamb, worthy is the Lamb, you are holy, holy. children's sermon this morning. I invite you to come on down. Got something exciting I want to share with you this morning. Um, summer's coming, and a lot of times in the summer, um, families go off on adventures, be it day trips or go away for a week, and sometimes we kind of get scattered out and we, we, we want to introduce something that might try to keep us connected this summer a little bit. Um, maybe you've heard of a character by the name of Flat Stanley. Have you heard of the book character Flat Stanley? You ever read the book Flat Stanley? And, and Flat Stanley is, is real slim, like a piece of paper, and, and the whole book is about where Flat Stanley goes. Well, I'm going to introduce to you our own character. This is Jolly Roger. <laughs> Now, for those of you out there who can't see Jolly Roger, this is a pirate, but it's not just any pirate. This has the face of Roger Humphreys on it. <laughs> <clears throat> Roger so graciously agreed to be our uh, character for the summer. And what I want you to do is you're going to take Jolly Roger wherever you go this summer, and I want you to send us a picture. I want you to take a picture of where Jolly Roger goes. And then you can either have your parents email it to us or you can print off a picture. There's a bulletin board outside my office that you can um, tack it to. But, but we want to know where Jolly Roger goes. All right, now this is just kind of a fun way to keep up with this and I'm going to give you um, these in just a minute and it tells you to cut out, cut out Jolly Roger and then color him and then put him on this stick with some glue or tape or something like that and then carry him wherever you go. All right. But now here's something else I want you to think about. What, what does a pirate do? A pirate goes around getting what? Getting, getting treasure. They're looking for treasure. Are they not hidden treasure? Sometimes they can be not so nice and take things from people and they call that treasure. But I want you to think about something. I want you to think about you being a treasure. Did you know that? Do you know that you are a treasure? Do you know that you are valuable, that you are precious to God? Deuteronomy 7, I want you to listen to this. Deuteronomy chapter 7, verse 6 says, For you are a people holy to the Lord your God. The Lord your God has chosen you out of all the peoples on the face of the earth to be His people, His treasured possession. You see, they were talking to the people of Israel, but I believe that because John 3.16 says that God so loved the entire world, see, everybody that he created is his treasure. And he loves us so much that in order for us to be with God, he sent his son Jesus. That's how valuable you are to God. That God just didn't let us get away as sinful beings, that he treasures us enough to send his only son to die for us. Paul, in 2 Corinthians, talks about us being um, clay, jars of clay, and we carry a treasure, and that treasure is Jesus. 
For those of us who believe and trust in Him, we carry Jesus with us. We are treasured beings. So wherever you go this summer, anybody that you encounter, they might see you taking a picture of this pirate, and they might ask you, what are you doing? Well, I'm carrying Jolly Roger. But let me tell you about the real treasure, and the real treasure is Jesus, and Jesus lives in me, and He wants to live in you. You see how simple that is? You just shared with somebody the gospel. Now, yeah, like I said, this is fun. It's laid back. We're going to have a lot of laughs. Trust me. We will have a lot of laughs out of Jolly Roger this summer. But I, I, I'm, I believe in my heart that out of that opportunity of taking a picture of Jolly Roger, you might just have a chance to share Jesus with someone. And I want to hear that story too because I think that's going to be cool. Let's pray and let's, let's ask God to take just this little fun project and let's ask God to do something cool with it this summer, okay? God, we thank you that you love us, that we are treasured by you, that you love us so much that you sent Jesus to die for us. And Lord, I pray that wherever we go this summer, that we would have the opportunity to share that with someone, that they are treasured. And if they don't know you, if they don't know Jesus, Lord, I pray that you would give us the opportunity to talk to them about you. So take this little fun project and use it for something cool. And we're going to give you all the glory and all the honor. For, Father, you want to use us. And for that, we are grateful. And we pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Huh? In our last song, we sang about the worthiness of the Lamb. Worthy is the Lamb. We're going to continue that with hymn number three as we sing, Worthy of Worship. You are worthy, Father, Creator, Savior, Sustainer. You are worthy of worship and praise. Let's stand as we sing number three.
just a moment. I'm going to lead us in a word of prayer. I do want to remind the congregation, Carol and I are looking forward to the fellowship tonight, and it's going to be very special. But what will still make it more special is Keith is going to be there. Uh, the, the committee asked me, I said, well, it would, would it bust up your party if he showed up? I said, no, that'd make it better. <laughs> the old man going out, the young man coming in, you know. <clears throat> So we're going to have a good time, and uh, I, I invite you to come, and I did want you to know that particular detail. Let's bow together. Father, what a good time it's been for Carol and I to be at this church these past months. How gracious these people have been, how loving, how accepting. We have felt their love, their support. We have felt their love for this church and their desire to reach their community in new ways. Father, it's been good just to be a part of their fellowship for this brief season, to try to do some new things and try to encourage the people and try to just give them hope for a bright future. And Lord, help them to know that future can be bright as they trust you, Lord, as they love each other more than they love themselves as they look out in their community and see so many people that need a church home. And Father, may Keith so lead and these people so follow that the next year will be the best year in the life of this church. Lord, we pray that will be so. And followed by other good years after that. Father, there's so much good in this church. There's so much potential in this church. So lead the people forward by your Holy Spirit. Lead Keith as he leads the people. And Father, we will praise you for what you do in this place in the future. These things we ask in thy name. Amen. Take your hymnals, please. And we're going to sing a couple of hymns back to back. The first one you might know by memory. It's number 557, People Need the Lord. And then we're going to skip back to page uh, hymn number 486, which is um, a song saying to the Lord, whatever you want, Lord, here am I. So beginning with 557, people need the Lord. We'll sing it through once and then go straight to Lord, here am I. Let's stand as we sing, please.
Shall we pray? Master, here we are. We pray with all of our hearts that we can truly mean what we have just sung. Here we are, willing, willing to follow you, willing to obey, willing to be the church you would have us to be. And Lord, we know much of that willingness can be seen in how faithful we are to give our tithes and offerings to you. We pray that you would help us with that commitment and that we can truly be a church that you can bless because we are obedient in giving and in serving and in following. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
asked Cheryl if she would play that for us. That's always been one of my favorites, our favorites, Carol and I together. Now, Scripture is from Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. This talks about the uniqueness and power of Christ in these verses. All the, all the words that say he, it's talking about Jesus. And it starts in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 18. And he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And this is the key section, folks. Verse 18. He is the head of the body of the church. (laughs) As long as Christ is head of this church, this church will do well. And if he is not, it will struggle. He is the beginning and the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself might come to have first place in everything. There is a mistake in the bulletin. We are not singing when the roll is called up yonder as printed. I've, um, I'm the one who's responsible for that. I made the bulletin up about a week and a half ago since I wasn't here last week, and I made a switch. We're going to actually sing a song from the, a Christmas cantata. It's called He Is Here. And this was one of Carol's favorite songs. That, um, so we, we knew that she would like that. She's already rejoicing. So he is here.
I think I said a, a while back, the, the last three Sundays we had together, I would try to share about things for you to keep in mind in the life of this church as you face this time of transition. Things you need to be reminded of that are important to move the church forward. And I think you remember that on um, May 17th, I shared about the work of God out of Matthew chapter 9. The fields are white unto harvest, but the labors are few. And I tried to, to say the thing to keep in mind is this work is more than just a few people. Everybody has to get involved. Alice saw a challenge in the song we sang just a short while ago, that, that commitment. Sometimes we just sing those things. Take that to heart, that more people want to be involved, more people are needed, the fields are white, the labors are few, and how that's so important in a work that can be this big that everybody get involved. And then on May 24th, I used Psalm 133, and I spoke of the importance of unity that we have to value each other's friendship and love more than our own personal opinions. And when that mutual esteem is greater than what we feel is right or what we believe is the right thing to do, then that unity will hold us together. We all have different opinions and we can hold them strongly and hold them from the heart. But then whenever things are settled, then we move ahead, ahead with a spirit of unity. So on this last Sunday, I want to focus your attention on the inserts you have in your bulletin. Those first two I just mentioned, people working together, the importance of unity. Now I'm going to be brief. You say, Lord of mercy, he's got <laughs> seven more. They will be here to three o'clock. No, you won't. No, you won't. This will be brief, but to the point. I have these others here. You can follow along. I, want, I asked Heidi to print these out and put these in the bulletin so you could stick them up on your refrigerator. You could put them in your Bible to remind you of these things that you need to keep in mind. Also, for some of you, we'll make a fine paper airplane for your grandchildren. <laughs> or, <laughs> or a nice fire starter. Whatever. But... These things are important, and I wanted to print them out for you to remind you of what we shared. The third thing you see in the first this morning, you can follow it on your list. Things to keep in mind. Just love and support the preacher. Realize that all of you will be strangers to him except a very few, and that was the pulpit committee. He got to know them pretty well. But the rest of you are strangers. He does not know you. Let him know in little ways that you will love him and support him and pray for him and encourage him. Just let him know this. It can be little things. And make that commitment that you're going to be a helper to him. I was called into the ministry almost exactly 50 years ago. So I've been in this work quite a while, and I can tell you one thing. I'm glad that God called me in the ministry. I loved it. I still love it. I always will love it. But there are tough times. And sometimes sitting in the pastor's chair in any church can be a lonely position. Because wherever you sit is the hot seat. Everybody wants your opinion. Everybody wants you to be on, you to be on their side. It can be difficult. It can be hard. Sometimes, sometimes churches go through some controversial times where they all do, and the preacher stands before the sea of faces, and he doesn't know where everybody is and who believes what or where. It's difficult. So the little things, send him a note during the week. I've heard some of you have already sent him notes before he's even gotten in the field. I know he appreciates that. Maybe stopping on Sunday morning when he's passing down the hall before he goes in the pulpit to, be, to say that you'll be praying for him and you're glad he's your pastor. Little things. I love you and I'm praying for you. Little things. 
Oh, it would be music to his ears. He said, Preacher, I've always wanted to be more involved in the church. You just tell me where to plug in and I'll do it. The pre he'd probably fall out. <laughs> Bless his heart. You know? I mean, just little things like that. I want to be more, more involved. How can I help? How can you plug me in? I haven't been involved that much before, but God's impressed on my heart to be involved now. Stand up and be counted. Like the story of the preacher in a small mountain town, and the church was on a hill, and right down the hill in the little town was a railroad track. And people noticed about two or three times a week, the preacher would walk down there, and there was a bench right beside the track, and he'd sit there, and the 5 o'clock train always came on time, and he'd sit there, and he'd just watch it go by. A couple days later, there, there he was to be sitting there again. Watch the train. He seemed to take pleasure in it. And finally, the curiosity of people just overcame them, and they came to the preacher and said, Preacher, why do you go down there and, and uh, watch the train go by every two or three times a week? He chuckled and said, he smiled and he said, well, you know, I like to see it just gliding effortlessly by because it reminds me it's the only thing in town that I don't have to push. <laughs> don't wear him out. If you don't help him, you'll wear him out. Believe me, he will wear out. Help him, help him. Let him know you want to help him. Next, love the preacher as he is. He isn't perfect, and neither are you. <laughs> He's going to make mistakes just like you and I make mistakes. God never made a perfect preacher, and he sure didn't make a perfect church. Both preacher and pastors extend grace to each other. The preacher allows the people to mess up, and he still loves them. The people allow the preacher to stumble, and they still love him. The churches, listen, the churches that thrive extend this grace one to the other. You extend grace to him. He extends grace unto you. The churches that suffer and die are filled with judgment and harsh attitudes, looking for people to make mistakes like the scribes and Pharisees who the people themselves did not like, who were always looking to find fault. Listen, when people extend that kind of grace to the preacher and let him be himself and let him from time to time make missteps, when they extend that kind of grace to the preacher, he's likely to want to stay here a long time and be glad he made that decision. Accept him as he is. He's a person just like you. He puts his pants on just like every man in this church. The next is a big one. Change is not a four-letter word. <laughs> Do you realize that everything changes? The cars we drive now don't look like the cars 50 years ago. Clothes we wear now don't look like clothes did 50 years ago. And the technology that we use goes faster than anything. All these things change. Everything is in flux. Listen, the gospel, Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever, does not change, but how we get it across must change. It must change. You don't change the message. You change the way you get the message across. That's the thing to remember, my dear friends. You know what the church is guilty of sometimes? Of doing the same way and offering the same programs for years that have not been effective in reaching people and growing disciples for years. Like what one preacher said one time when he talked about, boy, you don't change the gospel, the gospel is the same, but you gotta, you gotta change the way you, you get it across, new programs, new ideas, new groups. He says, listen, if the horse is dead, for God's sake, dismount. <laughs> if it's dead, don't keep trying to ride it. It's dead. It's dead. It's gone. Try something else. 
It may die too. Try something else. New groups, new efforts to reach people. Now, I think Keith is wise. He's been in the work long enough. He's not going to come in here and, okay, throw everything out. Gonna start. He's not going to do that. I think he's smart enough to know. He's already talked to the committee about that. He's wise. He will work slowly. He will work carefully. I'll tell you one thing. If he came up to this church next Sunday or Sunday after and says, I'm here to lead your church and I'm not going to change one thing. I'm just going to plug into everything y'all have been doing over the last 10 years and we're just going to rock along. I think you would be disappointed. I hope you would be disappointed. I would be disappointed. And of course, he's not going to do that. He's going to try to get this church moving in a solid direction. And that means there will have to be some change. Next. Support the church financially. Now, my friends, this will be a great challenge. Think about it. In the very near future, you will have two new people called to staff of this church, both of them part-time. One to work with children, one to work exclusively with children, one to work exclusively with youth. They will be added in the very near future. Paul Letter will be leaving here in mid-July. That will be another position to be filled. And then Keith will be coming on. He will not be part-time. He will be full-time. Although Lynn has told me that what he is being offered and what I offer, of course, his is more. It should be. It's not a, a big, huge gap, but it will be more uh, needed week by week. All of this and more will take faithful financial support. Some churches, my friends, have died for lack of financial support. Wonder if everyone in this church tithe, what do you think the weekly offerings would be? What could this church accomplish? And I don't press that to a point of uh, hardness. Some people go through a time where it's very difficult for them to do that. I'm sympathetic to that. But if everyone, those that tithe continue, those that can't quite do it, do a little bit more, maybe the tithers kick in a little bit more, just everybody doesn't do a little bit more, what a difference it would make to meet the obligations that we have. Be faithful in your financial support. This next one's a big one. Strive to be a humble church. Now listen to me here. Strive to be a humble church. I have seen many churches decline that seem to want to rest on their laurels, seem to want to look to the past rather than the future, and somehow through this have lost a deep sense of humility before God has seen their church as something special and they have become proudful and, and kind of set and, and taking their ease in Zion. Oh, my friends, the churches that go forward never lose their sense of humility. We have further to go. We have not arrived. We always need to draw closer to God. We need to pray more. We need to be more faithful. We need to be more serving, more helping. We need to read our Bible more. We need to trust God more. We need to win more to Christ. We need to care more. We need to be involved more. If we lose that, the hunger to go deeper with God and be more faithful, we can't move forward. We have to have a sense of deep humility. This was very well illustrated when a group from the South, from North Carolina, went on a trip, a tour to England. And on the itinerary of that day's uh, stops was Westminster Abbey. Boy, we've all heard of Westminster Abbey. Great church in downtown London. I've seen it. Way high stone, beautiful stained glass windows, vaulted ceilings, huge where kings and queens were crowned and kings and queens are buried history that goes way back hundreds and hundreds of years ago at the center of the life of London. All the great people in 
England have gone there or acquainted with it. And the guide director waxed eloquent on and on about how great Westminster Abbey was, all the history, all the great people were there, how beautiful it was, how big it was, how majestic it was. On and on he went how great Westminster Abbey was. And finally he finished and he said, does anybody have any questions? And one of the fellows, he was in North Carolina, yeah, I got one. He said, what's that? Well, this is some church. I'll tell you what, all I got one thing to say. How many people were saved here last year? Probably nobody. The church does not need to lose track of what it's for. We're here to touch people's lives. We're here in a sense of deep humility to do more than what we're doing. Wanting to grow, wanting to pray more, wanting to exalt Christ more. That will lead to victory. Next, and this has been a pet theme of mine. My wife, she can tell you, she's heard a number of sermons about it. To keep in mind, you must get outside the walls. You must go where the people are. Somehow get out there where they are, talk to them, encourage them, invite them, befriend them, build programs for them, shake hands with them, know them. Get outside the walls where the people don't know, where the people used to come, where the people are newcomers that have never been to church or used to come to this church or another church. Get out there. Get out there. This is a huge community here. I like the story. A fanciful story of a life-saving station down on the coast. And uh, it was there to, when the mariners got in trouble, the ships were sinking, it was supposed to go out there and the row out there and, and get the people and bring them back to safety. A man visited this life-saving station, and he was very impressed with it. The buildings were newly painted and, and very neat and trim. The yard, the grass was green and freshly cut, and, and it, it looked so put together and nice. And, and the people, the, the sailors, stood at attention, and their uniforms were clean and sparkling. And the man who was in charge, the officer, he looked every inch an officer. And the boats were shiny and new, and, and the, the ropes were coiled just right, and, the, and the, the oars were set up all ready to go. It all just looked so professional and beautiful. And the visitor said, I am really impressed. This is one of the most beautiful life-saving stations I've ever seen. I just have one question. How many people did you pull from the sea last year? And the commanding officer said, oh, we don't do that. We don't do that. We might mess up our uniforms. We might beat up our boats. We might get wet. We might get hurt. We don't do that. Do you know that a church is a life-saving station? And there are many churches that have the nicest of amenities, but they've lost the vision for why they're a church. And the great sin of the church in America, and if you know anything about the church in America, you know it's so that we in the church have abandoned the field and retreated into the building. Some churches have a fortress mentality. It's a bad world out there. They retreat behind the walls and maybe we'll survive. And if we survive and we keep the lights on, then that's a victory. But my friends, if you read the New Testament with any sense of honesty and integrity, you will realize that Jesus went where the people were. Jesus never said, if you want to hear my word, you come to the synagogue at 11 o'clock on a certain day and I'll preach. He went where the people were. Oh, it might have been uncomfortable. It might have been risky, but he did it. He was criticized by the scribes and the Pharisees, the church people, for wanting to be near people that had lost their way. Oh, that we would have more churches that have people in them that want to be near people that have lost their way. 
people that have lost their way because they don't know the Lord, people that have lost their way because they fell out of church and they long forgot what it was all about, people that have lost their way because they've moved into a new community and they haven't settled in a church yet, people that have lost their way because they've never heard the gospel, those are the people that we are called to. Those are the people. Because if people in any church have a heart for the people that have lost their way, they will be with those people and that church will grow. And you see lastly on there, number nine. <laughs> Carol and I love you very much. You have been gracious to us. You have been kind. You've been good. You have given us a sense of support and love and care that we will always remember. As Keith comes here, we will not be attending as members. This is his stage. It is time for him to lead. It's time for him to take the reins. That doesn't mean I won't come back every now and then and make sure you're treating him right. Now, I might do that. If you read my encounter articles through the months, many times, maybe every time, I signed it off with this statement. It has been my privilege to serve as your interim pastor. Well, I want to repeat that one more time. It's been my privilege. Let's bow together. Father, help us to bind our hearts together by your Holy Spirit. May we love one another by your Holy Spirit. May we get a new love for people that don't know you. People that we could almost throw a rock and hit them in the head from here. That we get, get a new sense of, of mission, a new sense of involvement, a new sense of caring new sense of moving out into this community to win people, to draw people, to let people know that we really do love them. It's one thing to say it. It's another thing to do it. Bless this church. As we extend this invitation, if there are any that need to come to accept Christ as Lord and Savior or join this church from another, I stand ready to receive them down front. These things we ask in thy name. Amen. Our hymn of invitation is number 294. Have thine own way, Lord. 294. Let's stand, please.
Wesley baptized, was it last Sunday or something? Two weeks ago. Uh, coming to officially join the church by profession of faith, Tanner George, and he's standing beside the young lady that he's going to marry in two weeks. Wow, okay. All in favor, accept him into the fellowship. Let it be, say, say aye. I oppose by like sign. I don't hear any. Brother, you are already in any way with us. So be seated just a moment here. Uh, we're glad to have him and, and glad uh, Wesley did most of the work with, with Tanner, and we appreciate that. Well, it's been a good day. Hope to see you tonight. And, uh, yeah, I hope to see you tonight. Carol's going to stand up here with me. Y'all can, you want to say something? Okay. <laughs> she wants to say something. Okay, go ahead, honey. I want to thank the choir. They look like choir members, but they're choir ministers. Amen. You all don't know this, but every week, it's the prayer is not, because they do hope they're on the right tune. <laughs> but they pray every week that what they sing will affect your heart, your worship, your ministry, your body. Mm -hmm. They're not up there to be a value of places, but there's a ministry up there going. Carol to stand down here with me, and I want Tanner and his fiancée to come and stand. And uh, if you don't get a chance to speak to, to me to, to this morning, you can see me tonight. Uh, God bless you. Let's all uh, bow for a benediction. Lord, go with us and guide us through life. Help us, Lord, to know that we are on holy ground. Help us to know, Lord, that when we're in your presence, we can never go wrong. 
When you're in your presence, Lord, great things happen. And Father, go with us and guide us through life. Guide this church in all that it does. These things we ask in thy name. Amen. You have been listening to the worship service at Boiling Springs Baptist Church, located at 307 South Main Street in Boiling Springs, North Carolina. Come and worship with us at your next opportunity. Thank you for listening.